welcome to All the WrestleManias, the podcast. My name is Rich Sigwald, and I will be your host today. Today is a special popcorn match edition of All the WrestleManias, where we'll discuss a topic not necessarily about WrestleMania, but still exploring our deep love and passion for the sport of professional wrestling. And today's topic is going to be classical music. Um, I know they seem like they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum culturally, and you're not wrong. But classical music really influences every aspect of pop culture, whether we notice it or not. So some examples are really obvious, like in movies, uh, Clockwork Orange and 2001 A Space Odyssey, they rely heavily on the works of Beethoven and Strauss. Uh, Wagner's Ride of the Valkyrie provides humor in the Blues Brothers and a, and a slapstick backdrop uh, to Elmer Fudd hunting wabbits, but it is also horrifying and intense when it's used in Apocalypse Now. And that same piece is also the entrance for Brian Danielson in AEW and when he was Daniel Bryan in WWE. So before we really start doing a deep analysis of any classical music and professional wrestling, uh, I thought I would talk a little bit about who I am. Uh, My name is Rich, as I mentioned before, and before I went to library school, I was a music major in undergraduate studies, and I got my bachelor's degree in 2003 in music performance. Classical music, you know, I got introduced to it initially through professional wrestling, And that's the reason why Ric Flair, The Undertaker, Jerry Lawler, Macho Man are some of my favorites in professional wrestling. These days, I do have a new favorite that is coming along, and that is going to be Gunther on NXT. Gunther's entrance music is the fourth movement to Dvorak's New World Symphony, Symphony No. 9. You would recognize this piece also as it's the inspiration for the main theme of Jaws. Uh, This piece has a stern, ominous opening, which fits Gunther and his stable Imperium very well. The only issue I really have is that Gunther is from Austria, and Dvorak, who was the composer of the New World Symphony, was Czech. But Dvorak wrote it as an ode to visiting the United States and was heavily influenced by Native American and African American music. But it doesn't matter. The mood of the piece helps put uh, Gunther over right away as a major asshole who can kick your ass which I guess is truly an accurate portrayal of America. Uh, Dvorak was a genius. So let's take a listen to a short clip of Dvorak's Ninth Symphony. This is going to be Gustave Dudamel conducting uh, in the audience of the Pope. that really got me into classical music was Jerry Lawler's. Jerry Lawler's WWF theme is the final movement of Pictures at an Exhibition by Modest Mazursky, 
subtitled The Great Gate of Kiev. Pictures at an Exhibition is a suite of musical pieces inspired by the art of Victor Hartmann. The King enters to music portraying the Bogatyr Gates of Kiev, Ukraine. The movement's trademark theme is a slow, broad, and loud brass chorale. Being a trumpet player, I was all about it. The music sells Lawler as a pompous, methodical, and grandiose. It gives the feeling that the fan is in the presence of greatness. The amazing concept of this is when he loses, it seems ridiculous and makes his loss 100 times worse. When he wins, it sounds like the greatest thing to have ever happened to humanity, but also a loss was never even a thought. I should note that for a brief period, Harley Race also used this uh, music as entrance in WWF. But nowadays, since Lawler has been such a staple in WWF for so long, it's definitely more associated with Jerry Lawler than Harley Race. So let's take a listen to uh, the final movement of Pictures of That in Exhibition, Great Gate of Kiev, recorded by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Now, the most on-the-nose use of classical music as a theme to build a character is The Undertaker, without a doubt. His theme is an expanded version of the third movement of Chopin's Piano Sonata No. 2, the famous Marche Funerabre. The slow, monotonous, eerie feel to this piece establishes The Undertaker as a morose, macabre monster who is deliberate, quiet, and inevitable. I can't deny that when The Undertaker abandoned the theme for Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit, my love affair with him waned big time. But there's no doubt that his original Chopin theme was a large piece of him getting over and being one of the most influential modern-day wrestlers, and just a scary, scary man. So let's take a listen to Frederick Chopin's March Funabre, recorded by Arturo Benedetti Michelangeli.
iconic entrance music is Ric Flair and his use of the sunrise from Also Sprock Zarathustra by Richard Strauss. Most people know this piece from its famous use in 2001 A Space Odyssey. I knew it from Ric Flair's styling and profiling entrance. The music, representing the arrival of the sun over the horizon, sells the ego of Flair's character and fits perfectly with his flowing robes, $20,000 watches, and armed candy of women escorting him to the ring. Wherever I hear that slow brass arpeggio, all I can hear is, The concept of eternal recurrence, which inspired the Nietzsche text and then Strauss's music based on that text, is evident in Ric Flair's persona and style. His energy will never dissipate and will always be there, since he is the nature boy after all. Tim notes that Elvis also used this music as his intro in the 70s, which definitely could have influenced Flair into using it as well. So let's take a listen to Richard Strauss, also Sprock Zarathustra, Sunrise. Recorded by Maurice Janssens and the Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra. classical entrance I want to talk a little bit about today is about Randy Macho Man Savage and his use of the Pomp and Circumstance March Number no. 1 by Edward Elgar. You may recognize it from the last graduation ceremony you had to sit through and its constant vamping until every single snot-nosed kid gets across that stage. The chromatic opening leading to the main theme gets every person in the building excited and filled with anticipation of the great energy that Macho Man always brought to the ring. Now, the name of Pomp and Circumstance comes from Othello, Act 3, Scene 3. Um, quote, Farewell, the neighing steed and the shrill trump, the spirit-stirring drum, their piercing fife, the royal banner in all quality, pride, pomp, and circumstance of glorious war. Macho Man was always heading to the ring for war. Also on the war theme, Elgar included the following verse in the score. 
Like a proud music that draws men on to die, madly upon the spears in martial ecstasy, a measure that sets heaven in all their veins and iron in their hands. I hear the nation march beneath her ensign as an eagle's wing, o'er shield and sheeted target, the banners of faith most gaily swing. Moving to victory with solemn noise, with worship and with conquest, and the voice of myriads. And that is from the March of Glory by Lord de Tablet. Now, do I think Randy Savage knew this when picking the theme music? Was Randy thinking that he enters to the pomp of a powerful display, but then faces the circumstance of combat in the ring? Was Macho Man an Elgar scholar? Not to insult the Poffo legacy, but I doubt it. But what I do think happened here is that Elgar's music invoked the glorious charge in the battle and the pride involved, and Macho Man really felt it. The music then also served to help build his macho persona, being proud, secure, and always trying to protect his woman, whether it was Elizabeth or Sherry. Also consider that Randy's brother, Lanny Poffo, portrayed the genius, who dressed in a graduation cap and gown. Perhaps his brother's use of the march inspired his own gimmick. So let's take a listen to Randy Savage's entrance music, Pomp and Circumstance Number 1 by Edward Elgar. I do know that Pomp and Circumstance was also used by Gorgeous George, and Gorgeous George, you know, lived up to it as well. But really, nowadays, that song is really associated with Macho Man Randy Savage, and will probably, like a like a professional baseball player's number, is going to be retired as entrance music for the Macho Man, and no other wrestler will ever use it again, just because Macho Man, he's the Macho Man. Uh, so anyways, in conclusion, uh, music has always been able to paint pictures in our mind and set a mood and establish character. Now, even when the music isn't originally composed for the wrestler, it can still be used to communicate to the audience who the wrestler is, how they will fight, and their general attitude. 
and makes quite the statement that music written a century ago or more can still relate to the crowd, get fans screaming and cheering. Who knows, maybe it'll inspire another kid, just like me, to get into classical music and enjoy the amazing doors it can open for them. I'm Rich Sigwald, and this is All the WrestleManias Popcorn Match, and we did a little bit of a dive into classical music today, and I thank you for joining me. Have a good one. Thank you.